0: Welcome to the Venture Sprout podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Mullis, Vice President of Vizient's Member Back Ventures. And today we're highlighting the partnership between BrightMD and UnityPoint Health Ventures. I have with me Emily Yetz, Vice President of Commercial at BrightMD, and Matt Warrens, Managing Director for Innovation at UnityPoint. Emily, Matt, it's good to have you on our podcast today. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, Crystal, thank you very much for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to share some of the work that we're doing.
0: Of course. We're excited about it. So let's get into the conversation. So Emily, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us a little more about BrightMD and how the company came to be? I'd
2: love to. Yeah. So we really are on a mission to make healthcare easier and more enjoyable for everyone. And we really want to do that by transforming the system from within. And we believe that asynchronous telehealth, which is what we do, can help make any healthcare encounter more productive. And so the company was actually started by an MD named Dr. Ray Costantini, along with Kitty Powell, who was a healthcare innovator. Both were working at a large health system at the time. And, you know, 2014, this is before the pandemic, they'd seen some of the challenges of early telehealth and they really felt like there was a way for the telehealth to be more convenient for patients and easier to deliver for providers. And so that's what we're focused on through asynchronous care.
0: Great. And Matt, over to you. I'm going to ask you to give us a little more background about your health system and why was it important for you all to partner with BrightMD?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, UnityPoint Health is a fully integrated health system. We cover the entire state of Iowa, and then we have a small footprint in Illinois as well as Wisconsin. By the numbers, it's about 20 regional hospitals, 400 plus, plus ambulatory clinics, about 32,000 employees, and a little over 1,100 of those being providers. I oversee UnityPoint Venture, this was a venture fund that was started back in the spring of 2019. So, we're about a little over three years into our investment period, and we have about 14 companies in our portfolio, with BrightMD being one of them. And so, several reasons that BrightMD was brought into our portfolio, one of which goes back to what Emily mentioned, which the company being physician founded actually met Ray and his co founders back in 2016 and was just really impressed with the approach that they were taking and the fact that they were clinically validating and developing the product using clinicians, and that's something that we in our experience have found to be very important because it really increases the likelihood that solutions like this will be adopted by our providers. The second thing I would say, though, is that our team's philosophy is really two things. We're looking for opportunities where we can make healthcare more frictionless for consumers, and we're looking for ways to provide solutions to our providers that make their jobs easier. And so we really felt that BrightMD addresses both of those things. And then lastly, I would say another important initiative for us is really to capture patients and consumers who are in our markets that aren't currently our patients. And so what I mean is there's a large part of our population today that doesn't have loyalty to one health system over the other. And because BrightMD is so convenient for a consumer to access, we're finding that the majority of our patients or consumers who are using this platform are net new patients to UnityPoint. So those are just some of the kind of key reasons of why we wanted BrightMD to be part of our portfolio.
0: Those are fantastic, Matt. I heard access. I heard growth, right? Extending your market as well as just a consumer centric approach, right? A consumer centric mindset that BrightMD is also helping to underpin for your organization. I think that's fantastic. Matt, you also alluded to the fact that you have a fund, right? And you have 14 companies in that portfolio. Do you mind talking about how large of a capital investment your fund is that Unity Point has made?
1: Sure, absolutely. So this is a $100 million fund. We're investing off of the balance sheet. So the fund is that it's 60-40. So about 60 million of that is for first check and then 40% for follow-on. We anticipate that there'll be roughly 24 or 25 companies in the overall portfolio.
0: Great. And not to spend too much time on this fund piece, but it is just a critical component for many of our organizations who not only have funds, but many are stepping into investing in solution companies and building those funds. In addition to growth for the market, market growth that you all have seen as a result of some of the investments that you made, including BrightMD, are you guys also seeing a return on your investment relative to non-core revenue growth that's being delivered by your fund as well?
1: Yeah, so not to get too far off track, but it's a couple of things there. First of all, one thing I would say to other healthcare systems that are considering doing direct investing would be sure to understand the type of team and quality that it takes to really make strong financial investments. So, for example, our fund, we're looking at roughly about 100 investment opportunities for one investment that we make. And so this isn't really a function that you can do and do well if it's just something on the corner of someone else's desk. And then to address your second part of your question there, for us, the strategic value that these investments could bring are equally as important, if not more important than the financial returns. And don't get me wrong, financial returns are very important to us and to our fund. And we've already had some early indications of those things. But even if we were to experience a 5x return on a financial investment, there could be a 25x impact on what a solution could do as far as the overall growth of the health system.
0: Absolutely. I think that's very important. And key point there is that the investments that you are making are driving multiple growth paths. And that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Matt. Emily, I'm going to come back over to you. You had mentioned in your opening comments about BrightMD that it really is about asynchronous care. So can you define what asynchronous means in this context, how it works, and how and who can access it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So asynchronous care is still, I think, a relatively new term that we're seeing more and more awareness of. But essentially what it is, is it allows providers to treat their patients for common low acuity conditions online, but without a real time or a face-to-face interaction. And so I think the easiest way to explain it is to kind of walk through the experience, if that's okay. So for a patient, let's say at UnityPoint, they go to wherever they look for care online. Let's say they go to the UnityPoint website and they start an online interview that typically takes about 10 minutes. It's pretty thorough. It ranges from about 30 to maybe 50 questions, depending on how they answer those questions. So it's dynamic in that way. And then all that patient data is then sent to the provider and it's formatted in a chart note that's easy for the provider to read. So it's SOAP formatted is what it's called. And in about three minutes on average, a provider can review that chart note. It includes a draft diagnosis and assessment plan, and the provider can review that. He can agree with that diagnosis, disagree, make really quick, easy changes. And like I said, in about three minutes, typically on average, the provider then signs the chart note, which then kicks out an after-visit summary back to the patient. It sends any appropriate medications to the pharmacy of choice for the patient. And then it actually files that chart note in the EMR for the provider. So they remove any of that documentation work that they typically are used to doing post-appointment. So that whole experience happens asynchronously, which is why it's called asynchronous care.
0: Great. And then it makes a lot of sense, right, for low acuity conditions to be triaged and treated in an asynchronous way. How do you all take into consideration more serious conditions or higher acuity symptoms and profiles that may need a higher level of care?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, today we can handle about 50% of primary care, things like you said, rashes, UTI, cold and cough and flu, ear pain, things like that. We do have the ability to, with some conditions, take patients beginning in kind of that asynchronous format, do some of that early interviewing work so that the provider can then escalate to a higher level of care, either a video visit, maybe even an in-person visit, and kind of help that handoff and create this hybrid care experience. And that can happen for higher acuity type conditions. I I think our vision, as I was talking about our mission, we really see the opportunity for asynchronous care to be part of any encounter and any severity. And we can help kind of streamline that. Some of that is kind of our vision. What we really focus on today is that kind of core, fully asynchronous treatment. But I think part of, Matt, I don't want to speak for you, but I know some of the things that we've talked about in your vision for the future is almost more white. When I'd heard from you before, part of why you're so excited about BrightMD is some of that work that we can do integrated into the rest of the healthcare experience.
1: Yeah, I think, Crystal, one thing I would add to that is that I think it's something like less than one or two percent of patients that go through this process need to be elevated to a higher level of care. But when that does happen, and one of the things that our providers really like about BrightMD is that it's creating a SOAP note. In other words, it's creating documentation in a way that they're very used to looking at it. And so in the rare times that those patients are elevated to a higher level of care, like to Emily's point, if it's a video visit, that SOAP note is provided for them. So some of that is activities that would normally take place in those normal and counters. A lot of that upfront work has already been done. And so, quote unquote, expedited care can occur. One other thing maybe I would just add is that I think sometimes we underestimate a little bit how savvy our consumers are. I don't think that consumers are going to think to access a platform like this when they're experiencing chest pains or have cut themselves on a knife or something. And so it's the same types of diagnoses that we see entering our retail clinics, right, or accessing this platform or through the asynchronous route.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Some capabilities in the market today have already sort of paved the way for that thinking. I think the consumer mindset, as you mentioned, Matt, thinking about urgent care, as well as minute clinics and other things that they're already starting to use a lower level of care service that they can access. I think you're right. They're more savvy right, in terms of how they access these types of solutions. I think that's fantastic. Emily, talk a little bit about the market needs that you're aiming to solve with BrightMD. And then, Matt, you have alluded to some of the benefits you guys have already received as a result of the relationship and deploying the BrightMD technologies. But talk more specifically after Emily about some of the problems that you've been looking to solve and maybe some that you've already solved as a result of this relationship.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about this already, but big problem we're trying to solve is just improving patient access, making care more convenient for patients so that they can start getting care more quickly for these low acuity conditions. I think similarly with the increasing workforce shortage problem, both reducing physician burnout, because we know so much we see in a lot of the research that the charting and all the administrative work that our providers are having to do is causing a lot of that burnout. And similarly, I talked about on average, a provider can deliver care to a patient through BrightMD in about three minutes. And so A single provider is seeing upwards of 250 patients in a single day, helping to kind of address that workforce shortage, even with high provider satisfaction. Because as Matt talked about from the very beginning, building a platform that's really easy for providers to use has been at the core of all of our R&D
0: work and one that's integrated into their workflow, right? You've already talked a little bit about that with the SOAP, as has Matt. So Matt, what else would you add to that?
1: Yeah, I think I would just echo Emily's comments. I think my biggest frustration with healthcare has always been that all of healthcare processes are designed in a way to work that is best for the health system (laughs) or best for the provider. And this example has been used a million times, but I'm just going to say it again because it's a great example. And you look around at other industries, whether it be banking or retail, and we're probably a good decade behind them. And so if we really want to create a relationship with these consumers long-term, we need to be providing them multiple ways to access our services, and digital has to be front and center from those offerings. And then I would just maybe reiterate Emily's comments and take it to one step further from an example standpoint. I mentioned our retail clinics earlier, and we do have them, and they're very busy, but a provider in a retail clinic is probably only able to see between 30 and 40 patients a day where that same provider could treat those same patients in a call center setting, to Emily's point, and probably do 150 a day. More importantly, and I'm not saying those stats based on like productivity and trying to generate more revenue, we've never faced the labor crisis around providers that we're facing in this country today. And so we have got to maximize these digital tools in order to be able to care for more patients. And then bringing this back to the consumer again, that same example, those experiences of when those retail clinics have 40 patients in one day are not great for the consumer, right? You're sitting in the waiting room, 15, 20 minutes, and then you go back to be treated. This overall experience could be an hour long. Whereas to Emily's point earlier, we're seeing our consumer experiences on BrightMD just be as little as a few minutes. And so I think all those things are important to the types of goals that we're trying to achieve with this.
0: Fantastic. Emily, Matt, thank you for joining us and we'll continue our discussion in the next episode. And as always, thank you to our listeners for joining us for the podcast today. If you have any questions about MemberVat Ventures, our contact email is in the resource section of our podcast page. I'm Crystal Mullis and we'll catch you again on our next episode.